0: This episode is brought to you by MGMA Events. Join us June 6th through the 8th for a robust and convenient learning experience featuring education from industry leaders covering a wide variety of challenges facing medical practices today. MGMA Summit is a signature online event that allows you to take control of your journey by attending live or by accessing the sessions at your own pace until July 8th. Go to mgma.com slash events to learn more and to register today. This episode is brought to you by Dynamedics. Dynamedics empowers healthcare professionals with advanced evidence-based clinical decision support to help improve patient outcomes. You can learn more at dynametics.com. All right. Well, hi, everyone. I'm Daniel Williams, Senior Editor of MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. Uh, Today, we've got a topic that is really important to practice administrators and healthcare leaders, patient expectations, (laughs) setting those expectations and delivering on those expectations as well. So here to help us take a deep dive into that topic and to explore the topic and offer tips and resources is Kelly Henthorn, regional training manager and Thrive Foundation ambassador. Kelly, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me. Hello, everybody.
0: We are glad to have you here. And uh, uh, offline, we were talking about Denver and Dallas and all these great places we've lived and visited. And so we're glad to have you here. And we want to know a little bit more about you and Thrive as well. So Let's start with you first. So, just give us a little bit about your background in healthcare.
1: I've worked with Thrive and our Thrive Foundation, and we have supported practices for years, doing a variety of different things, but most recently, providing an end to end patient experience platform. And that's really helping practices communicate easily with their staff and with their patients, as well as modernizing their practice and automating some manual tasks that they have.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, And then tell us a little bit uh, about this title of yours. You're a Thrive Foundation Ambassador. That sounds really cool. I don't know what, what does that mean? What does a Thrive Foundation Ambassador do exactly?
1: At our Thrive Foundation, our goal is to empower, develop, and invest in small businesses. And we do that through either online or live events focused on education and workshops, but we have a specific focus on women, minority, and veteran-owned businesses.
0: So let's drill down here then. Let's examine where does that breakdown happen? Where is the expectation set and then not met? What's what's going on there? What have y'all identified at Thrive?
1: A lot of the practices that we work with, you know, we have to think about how the consumer expectations have changed just overall in, in especially in the last few years. Right. And we want to communicate as a patient. I want to communicate on my terms. <laughs> so I, I might like to talk to you on the phone. I might like to chat. I might like to text. I might like to communicate on email and I want to do it when I want to do it. So that might be after hours as I finished up my work day and now I'm thinking about all the things that I need to do. And, you know, some of our appointments that we need to make are a little bit more routine. They happen a little more frequently. Some, you know, I might not see my doctor or my dentist for six months or for a year or something like that. So when the time comes that I want to be able to reach out and communicate, you know, the experience that we have from beginning to end, from the time that I am trying to make the appointment to the time I'm going into the office? Do they have a virtual lobby? Do they not have a virtual lobby? What are the rules here? And then are they gonna check on me? Is anybody gonna follow up and see how I am looking or feeling, right? And then are they gonna ask me for a review? So that whole process of what a, a patient or a consumer, you, you gotta kind of think about that. and And what does that feel like to them? and are they able to be able to figure out what they need to do on their own terms or do i always have to call somebody wait on hold play that phone tag game and so to consider what that experience is like is something that's pretty critical because that actually has nothing to do daniel with your bedside manner or how much i love my doctor because i've been going for years and i always feel so well taken care of our loyalty can quickly change just from how friction how much friction, or right. you know, what that tension feels like, and the frustration level as we're trying to, you know, get through that process. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely, it really does. I I want to ask you a question about this then, because we have been in a technological age for many years, but it um, ramped up during the pandemic. I mean, we're talking on a Zoom call right now to to record this podcast, and I'm just wondering. Um, have patients, uh consumers, so to speak, been spoiled by like what you were getting at, this frictionless interaction, whether it's Uber or um, Starbucks or Amazon or that. And then we go to that medical practice or that doctor visit experience and I go, what the heck? You know, this was really difficult. I had to climb these hurdles is is that something where y'all are really fine tuning things to make it bring it to the level of those kind of organizations I was talking about
1: absolutely right I mean we get our groceries delivered I can order a pizza watch it go through the oven and know exactly when that delivery driver is going to show up on my doorstep so that it's hot (laughs) and we expect that same level of service flexibility convenience those are all things that are very important to patients especially, and when they don't get that, then it's like, well, why haven't you modernized your business the way, you know, the Ubers, like you mentioned, yeah. um, of the world have with an app where it's easy for me to just go on and see exactly what I need to do, see my history and be able to move forward and cross that off my mental, my, either my physical to-do list or the mental energy that I'm spending, keeping that as a task on my mind.
0: hmm one of the ways to get there, I'm thinking, and I want you to elaborate on this, is in that whole appointment scheduling process. I know I've been down that road. I've got some docs I work with who we, we text back and forth. And it's very, we're all used to texting, so that's pretty easy. I can handle the whole texting thing. Um, talk about appointment scheduling. Uh, how do we overcome some of those pain points?
1: Sure. And being able to really automate that process for you and for your staff is going to be a way to give them some time back in their day, not to mention how important that's going to be to the patient, because again, we get busy, we forget kids get sick the weather affects us we've had such you know crazy things that are impacting the way we do business and our daily activity and so having that flexibility with those reminders where oh my goodness i've got an appointment today at noon i'm not going to be able to make it or i'm going to be late what's that is it that 15 minute cutoff window and being able to communicate where i don't necessarily have to call And wait on hold, because by the time I actually get through to a live person or leave them, they may not even get the message until it's after my appointment time. So having the flexibility of being able to have these reminders set out automatically with the ability to change it and maybe find a new appointment time on my own without having to wait for Uh, the provider or, you know, someone on their staff to respond and give me a time. And I realize depending on the appointment type, that's going to be easier said than done. I know when I make appointments for my kids, if it's just a routine, you know, here are my symptoms, here's what I think, can I get in with somebody? Other times the system stops me and says, no, you're going to need to speak with somebody. So we realize that there's some, you know, some different situations that you may need to accommodate for. But having those things sent directly to Exactly where we're spending most of our time right, right. is going to be really important. And then, like I said, the ability to uh, easily change it when we need to.
0: Right. I've I've got a pet peeve of going to the doctor where I think we've all been there where you you show up and then the hand of the clipboard, and then they want you to write down the medical history. And I'm I'm just sitting there going, wait a minute, did I get that virus? Was that in 02 Was that in 07? What? when I broke that bone, what, what what bone was that? Or, you know, there are all these, you got to fill this out. And so what I wanted to get at was that patient and the practice's online information. How do we make that easier where there's not, sure. I mean, we can own it as patients, but then again, just being, you know, kind of put in a, Put on the spot so to speak when sometimes you show up and you feel really awful anyway so you're going i'm here sick and i feel terrible i don't really even want to fill stuff out right now so give us some shortcuts or just some easier access there and and and, and quite frankly where the information is accurate and easily accessible to to patients and practices alike.
1: We're talking about a couple of different things there. One yeah. being your online listings and right. the other being some sort of a portal, right? And, yeah. and to have that. And we always joke and we say, you know, getting logged in is the hardest part. And <laughs> you mentioned your pet peeve with that. I'm like, if I could just get logged in, I can click through my medical history fairly quickly and easily, right. but I just got to get in. Yeah. I got to reset a password and then it didn't work. And I got to call somebody. So I feel you there. So having um Let's talk through online listings first and making it just easy for people to find you. Mm -hmm. So making sure that your listings from a practice standpoint um, are up to date and accurate, right? Everything from your your business hours to your website, your address. I mean, with the popularity of voice search that people are doing, all of that is really important to make sure that it not just is correct one time, but that it stays correct online. Because out Mm -hmm. in the wild, things change. And not just on your website, but on multiple directory sites, as people might be pulling your information from a a variety of search engines or even social media these days. So making sure it's accurate and complete across the board. And when I say complete, that means things like making sure your staff bios are included in there, or really put yourself in the shoes of that patient and go, okay, if I were to ask my staff, What are all the questions that they have to typically answer on the phone that could easily be answered if they could find this online? Let's put those answers out there so that they can get their questions answered without having to talk to somebody. Now, bonus, if that's how they like to communicate. Feel free to always call the office and somebody will be able to answer any additional questions that you have, but being able to keep everything out there so that I don't need to go anywhere else as a patient. I don't have to look around. I don't have to keep searching. Having your information where I can find it quickly and easily is critical. And then, if it's okay, if I move on to the second, yeah, piece, for sure, it's it's that paperwork that you mentioned. Yeah. That
0: paperwork, <laughs> it could be
1: such a challenge, right? Where I feel like we're getting there with, right. with medical practices, right? Where. Some of my information is available via a form online that you can fill out ahead of time, Bye. but you'll notice that sometimes you can do that easily from a desktop or from a tablet, but okay. Hey, if you try to do it on your smartphone, you're still doing the pinch and stretch to try to find mm-hmm. the information. You can fill it out, but to find that submit button, it's yeah. really a challenge. So being able to have that online form available where it looks good and feels good. And when we think about that experience on any device is really important as people are using different devices to be able to do that. And then having the ability to be able to log on and again, get my questions answered as a patient without having to call. When was the last time I came in? Um, When when did I break that bone? (laughs) What was my dosage of my last medication? And then as patients, we're not just managing this for ourselves. We're managing it for our families. And so now I've got to not only keep track of my own birthday and my own illnesses but my kiddos as well. Yeah. And being able to have that information where I can see it and simply verify it versus having to input it over and over again. And again, we realize that you know sometimes that's important has something changed with your address or your right. insurance and you're going to have to, you know, go back and do some of that. But as much as possible, if that can be accessible and already taken care of for your patients, that's going to make it that much easier because what we're really considering here is their overall experience and the lifetime value of that patient. Because I don't just want you to come in once. I want you to come in and come back the next time you don't feel well, or the next time we need to take care of a routine exam. But most importantly, I want you to have such a great experience that you go out and tell your friends and family about me.
0: Yeah, so that that is great. Thank you for clarifying that. You made it sound so easy. We just got to follow your your just path like here. <laughs> um, another part that's so important. And this goes back to what I was saying that consumerization of things. You know, you were talking about getting to Denver whenever you can, and yes. uh, you probably pull up Yelp before you go to a restaurant. You don't just go, oh, sure that la- that place looks great. Let's just hop in there. You might check Yelp. So. Extrapolating that to the practices, um, let's think about those online reviews, because those really are a determining factor in many cases. And so what can practices do? How do they you know, ensure that they've got those good reviews? How do they overcome those negative reviews? What can you tell us? What are some best practices there about those online reviews?
1: That is a critical piece that keeps physicians up at night. any small business owner, you know, when, when a negative review is said about them online, again, it may have nothing to do with their bedside manner or how great they are or their reputation. It might only have something to do with how troublesome and inconvenient it is to book an appointment. Or maybe I had to wait too long in the exam room before somebody came in. And I'm holding that against everybody when that really has nothing to do with my experience, you know, as a patient when it comes to my care, right? Um, But we're so brave behind a computer. And so people do write negative things about the staff, about the experience, about the parking lot at the office, for goodness sakes. And so being able to ask for good reviews, ask for reviews, period. I mean, being able to automate that so that it's not a burden on your staff, but that it's just something automatic that gets sent out, especially to those patients that you know they've had a great experience, encourage them. You know, you can put something up front at the office, but then to automatically be able to send them a link through email, through text, something of that nature and making it easy on them. So again, getting logged in is the hardest part. It would be nice if you could send out that link and they can click and go directly to your business page or to your profile and be able to leave a review. And then... Drowning any negative reviews with those positive reviews is one of the best things that we can do is just make that a part of your business practice, that it's not something that you do seasonally or on the first of the month, but it just becomes a part of that patient experience, just like, can I go ahead and schedule your follow up appointment I'm going to go ahead and ask you for a review. And they may review different parts of your practice. One time it might be on the care, one time it might be on the overall experience, or that they even love the new decorations in the office and it feels so warm and fuzzy. You know, it could be about anything that they choose to write. So asking that person again when they come back in three months, six months doesn't hurt. Um, but making that a consistent part of your activity with your, with your with your practice follow-up is pretty important.
0: Okay. Um, you had mentioned patient portals earlier. What are some best practices and best uses of the patient portal there? So we're not just getting so frustrated, just trying to log in. You know, what are what, what can you tell us about patient portals that we need to know?
1: I realize that as a physician, as a medical professional, you probably went into practice to help people and to make them look and feel their best, not to have to worry about software and portals <laughs> and all of the things that come along with that. So Number one, do you have one? Have you tried to implement any of it online? I would say, you know, something is better than nothing, right? And and starting to slowly incorporate something like this into your practice would be helpful. And then do you have the support that you need when something doesn't work quite right? Because we know that there's an issue with every app. There's sometimes it's user error and it was my fault that I didn't capitalize my password. And sometimes, there's truly some, it's my internet connectivity, or sometimes there's truly something with uh, the app or the portal or the functionality, you know, things aren't talking to each other. It's not quite syncing up on one end versus the other. So having a support system. And what I mean by that is there are lots of different software companies out there. Some will say, here's some videos and good luck (laughs) and watch it yourself and see if you can figure it out. Whereas others, uh, will provide 24-7 support so that as you're trying to implement things, you've got somebody you can ask questions to and you can test and did this work right? Did How does this look on your end? How does this look on my end? And then the ability to access them the way you want to. Again, it goes back to consumer expectations and your expectation as an office manager or as a, the practice manager might go, you know what? I can't take care of this during the day when I'm busy with patients. I need to be able to chat with somebody at midnight or on a Monday when the office happens to be closed or at lunchtime when we've got 90 minutes to get some administrative things taken care of. Text, chat, phone calls, you know, having a support system that you've got somebody that can ask, you can ask questions to and they can help you through it would be a best practice so that you can make sure you're staying on top of things and that it looks and feels good on both ends. the the patient, as well as the practice and their staff.
0: Okay. You had mentioned, uh, platforms and technology. So if somebody's looking at making changes, what are some of the bells and whistles? I don't know. The ease of use, things like that. What should a practice be looking for, uh, in these different uh, platforms in patient portals and any of these other, uh, tech add-ons, so to speak, what, what, what's, What are the things they should look for? Because they they may not be steeped in this. So they may not know what you know how to do that due diligence there.
1: Oh, you're exactly right. So I would consider like we just talked about the lifetime value of my patient and how easy is it for them and how easy is it for me and my staff. Right. And and what I mean by that is some software companies are great at the appointment scheduling piece or. They've got a really great website and you can make changes quickly and easily, but I want you to consider the total package when it comes to your patient's experience, you know, from getting them in the door, how they find you online, getting that appointment to navigating the scheduling and the rescheduling to where you actually see them in the exam room to the follow-up process and from the, the billing experience making sure they can pay you quickly and easily and get that off of their list. And then on into getting the next appointment scheduled and providing that great experience so that your referrals are starting to come through from that happy patient. And if you can find a software that can take care of all of those pieces, then you're only having to worry about one login and you can access things from one dashboard and you're not having to have 23... Or 52, <laughs> you know, different logins, different passwords, different credit card charges, you know, um, but that whole end to end, everything from hello. Nice to meet you, Daniel. Thanks so much for letting us take care of you all the way through to happy patient and everything in between.
0: So before we sign off, I wanted to ask you one more thing. Our listeners have given us feedback and they they love resources, tools, tools. Um, tips, anything like that. So are there some that you can provide us as a, you know, a lasting point? And if there are any links, we can provide uh, those links, those URLs and our episode show notes as well.
1: That'd be wonderful. And of course we do. It's thrive.com thryv.com And I know you'll put it down there, but just, you know, for those that are listening, if you're mm-hmm. so excited, you have to go there right now and you're going to find multiple resources, guides, blogs. If you would like to request a free demo to see how our software can work for you and your team, we would love to do that as well. So you can check it out risk-free.
0: That is wonderful, Kelly. So it's been great catching up with you, getting to know you here on this podcast. So thanks so much for joining us and for sharing these insights today. Thanks, Daniel. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, Kelly. So that is going to do it for this episode of MGMA's Business Solutions Podcast. Thanks again to Kelly Henthorn, Regional Training Manager and Thrive Foundation Ambassador. Uh, as Kelly and I were talking about, uh, Thrive.com is where you want to go. So we will uh, provide that link um, and maybe a few more there as well. Um, so I also wanted to let everyone know to be on the lookout for Thrive's free educational webinar. That is going to be May 18th. It's eligible for continuing education credits. You're going to learn even more uh, about these tools and resources here. You can access and register for that webinar at mgma.com events. Thanks again for listening and for being a part of the MGMA Podcast Network. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member Learn more at mgma.com slash membership.